Yeah, um, don't be eating those in the back of service, all right? <laughs> During the message, you'll be hearing all this paper opening and all this stuff. Now, I'm just, I'll have to say, I am really excited. This has been a several-month process of conversations with, um, uh, with Andy and um, actually a, 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 a job posting, lots of prayers, lots of conversations. And I feel like, I, I was telling the staff the other day, I feel a little bit like we're like, as a staff team, we're kind of like the Golden State Warriors. It's kind of like we've got the pieces in place, and we're excited to... Um, be in prayer together and to plan to really lead our GRX community into all that God wants for us in terms of our community growth, in terms of our mission, in terms of our outreach, in terms of uh, leading people to grow in their own faith in Jesus Christ. And one of the things you've heard me talk about is that our special calling here at GRX is to lead people to authentic faith in Jesus to lead people to authentic faith in Jesus Christ. And one of the reasons I love our prayer month is because in the month of February, it's a time for us to focus specifically on prayer and for us to deepen our faith, deepen our faith and our trust in Jesus. I was thinking about the prayer month a lot, and I was thinking about prayer, and there was something that was really cute that happened um, as Justin was playing the violin over here. And uh, so Justin, as you guys know, he's got uh, three boys. And Theo, the youngest, was here in the uh, front row. So Justin is over here, uh, Theo's dad, Theo's father's, and Justin is playing the violin just this morning. And Theo pops out of his chair. And while Justin is up here playing, Theo just kind of jumps up, just kind of gives a little wave to his dad. And then I don't know if you caught it, but Justin just kind of did a little, like, little nod, like, I can't see you, but I'm playing, so I can't. And then Theo, that was good enough, and then Theo sat back down. And I said, that's like prayer. That's like us just checking in with our Heavenly Father every day, just like that, just like pop out, hey God, I'm here. That's just like prayer. There's a few things that we're doing for this prayer month to try to encourage us as a community to be praying every day, for everyone to be praying every day. One thing is that we're sending out uh, these text message reminders. We're going to only do that for the month of February, so don't worry that we're, you know, we're going to text you and spam you all year. But just for the month of February, if you want to sign up for this and get this daily text reminder, it's a little prayer prompt, GRX prayer month, Pray for somebody today. It's just it's real short like that. It's a reminder to prayer. There's other things that I've discovered that are also really cool tools for us living in this day and age that help us to pray. So if you've got your phone with you, which I know you have your phone with you, let me ask you to pull it out right now because I'm going to give you three other things besides the GRX text message that you might be interested in to explore prayer. And these are the names of three apps, which I really like, and they're really short, but they encourage us to pray. So the first app is called Three Minute Retreat, and it's just like its name says. You can go on retreat for three minutes, the three minute retreat. It's a great little app, 
and you can explore that and check that out and see, see what it does. Um, the second app, which I want to draw your attention to, is a prayer app called Abide. And this is a cool app because this app has a bunch of prayers of other people. Prayers with your kids, prayers for other people. It just gives you a bunch of different ideas and language that you can use to pray. That, prayers, that, that app is called Abide. And it's a lot like the GRX prayer journal that we put out for this month, where the prayer journal that GRX put out are the prayers of your LT. This is how we really pray. So just like the prayer journal. So three-minute retreat is the first one. Abide is the second one. And then the third one is called Sacred Space. Sacred Space is a prayer app that's put out. It's actually a really old prayer journal. device uh, or a prayer uh, tool, sacred space actually used to just show up on the internet before anything called an app was ever created. And you'd sit at your computer and you'd click through the different screens. But sacred space now as an app really invites you into a holy space. You can do it wherever you are. You can do it very briefly. But it just has a prayer, a bit of, of scripture, a question, that guides you through meditation and then a closing prayer. So three-minute retreat, abide, sacred space. And then, of course, the GRX uh, text prayer reminder. All of this to help us to pray. I love what Ali uh, did last week where he was talking about praying, praying without ceasing, praying constantly, and how that idea of praying all the time expands our God consciousness. And for me, what I loved about that is it just reminded us again that prayer is our connection between ourselves and God. This morning, what I'm going to hit is prayer for others. Just like Ali talked about last week, prayer, our connection between ourselves and God, I'm going to talk about prayer as our connection between ourselves and other people. Prayer between ourselves and other people. Because when we pray for others, we have this profound connection with them. There's a story of a businessman who traveled to India, and he was going there really just on short-term missions. And he was there with a team of people. And when he went to India, he went and connected with Mother Teresa's ministry that was working there in Calcutta, They were working with all the other nuns in that area called the Sisters of Mercy. And what their ministry is, is they would go out into the streets of Calcutta and they would take in the people who were poor, who were on the streets, who were sick, who were dying. And the Sisters of Mercy and Mother Teresa would bring them into their uh, ministry areas, into their homes, and care for them. They would feed them, they would wash them, they would pray for them. They would really just care for the least and the lost and the little ones that are there in Calcutta. So this businessman goes on this mission and he shows up and he joins with the Sisters of Mercy and they are invited on this short-term team to do the ministry of what the Sisters of Mercy are doing. So this businessman, he goes and he washes one of the men, he just gives him a bath and he takes care of him 
and he, he wipes him down and he cleans him and he feeds him. Now this guy, he, he's a foreigner, he's not Indian, so he doesn't speak Hindi. But as he finishes with all of this stuff, um, the man uh, just rises up a little bit from his bed and he says something for this man. But it's in Hindi. And the businessman doesn't know what it is. What is this man saying? So he turns to one of the other sisters of mercy and he asks, what is this man uh, saying? And the sister of mercy says, he's praying for you. He's giving you a blessing. And the businessman looks at this poor man on this bed. And he goes, this guy is praying for me? I could buy this guy a hundred times over and everything he owns in his whole neighborhood. What's this guy doing? And so he, he sort, of, sort of mumbles a little bit out loud, like, man, I, really? I could buy this guy a hundred times over. And the sister of mercy comes alongside this businessman and he says, perhaps you could buy this guy a hundred times over but you could never buy his blessing. When we pray for people, it's not about whether we're rich or we're poor. It's not about whether we're high class or low class or middle class. When we pray for other people, we give people a profound gift that money cannot buy. When we pray for other people, we bless them and we love them in a profound way. I'm going to talk about three things that are really important for us to keep in mind in when, we, when we look at prayer for other people. We're going to see that Jesus is actually our model because Jesus prays for them. Jesus prays for others. And then we're going to see how prayer is love. And then I'm going to say one more thing about how prayer actually changes us. But the first thing, when we pray for others, what we're actually doing is living into the model that Jesus Christ actually shows us how to live. Jesus actually prays for other people. He actually prays for his disciples just as he's about to leave them. In John chapter 17, Jesus knows he's going to the cross. Jesus knows he's going to go to heaven. And he's going to be leaving his disciples behind. And so what do we see Jesus doing? What do we see Jesus modeling? The Son of God prays for them. The Son of God models a life of prayer for other people. So the message says this. The message version of the Bible reads this. Jesus says, I pray for them. I'm praying for my disciples. It reads like this. Jesus says, I pray for them. He's praying to God and them are the disciples. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the God-rejecting world, but for those you gave me. For they are yours by right. Yours meaning the Heavenly Father. They are yours by right. Everything mine is yours and yours is mine. And my life is on display in them. For I am no longer going to be visible in the world. 
they will continue in the world. That means the disciples will continue in the world. While I return to you, Holy Father, guard them as they pursue this life that you confer as a gift through me so they can be one heart and mind as we are one heart and mind. As long as I was with them, I guarded them in pursuit of the life you gave through me. I even posted a night watch and not one of them got away except for the rebel bent on destruction. That's Judas Iscariot who betrayed Jesus. The exception that proved the rule of scripture. Now I'm returning to you. I'm saying these things in the world's hearing so that my people can experience my joy completed in them. This is Jesus Christ praying to his heavenly father in the presence of his disciples so that they would know his joy for them. That God would guard them. That the Holy Spirit would protect them. That the Holy Spirit would teach them even as Jesus leaves. As followers of Jesus Christ, as Christians ourselves, who are looking to model our lives after the way that Jesus lived his life, to pray for other people is to live into the model of Jesus Christ. Now, this is what's so interesting for me about looking at even Jesus praying. Jesus was the Son of God, full of the power of God. He is so much more powerful than any human being that walked on the planet. If Jesus Christ, who was filled with the power of God, lives his life in such a way that he prays, then shouldn't we, as mere humans, also live a life of prayer? You know, this, there's this kind of interesting thing that happens with humans. When, when our life is in our own control, we think we're, we're pretty powerful. And, and people don't really pray because we feel like, hey, everything's under control, I can pray. But if we're ever in a situation where our life is out of control, well, that's when we feel weak. That's when we pray. That's when we're apt to pray. But when I see Jesus, Jesus full of power, even though Jesus is full of power, Jesus also prays. So don't just pray when we're feeling weak. Pray when we're feeling full of power. Pray in a way that blesses other people. It's the model of Jesus. The second piece is very related to what Jesus models with us, that prayer is actually an expression of love. Prayer is love. I love this quotation from Richard Foster. This comes out of his own book on prayer. It says this, If we truly love people, we will desire for them far more than it is within our power to give them. And this will lead us to prayer. Let me read that again. If we truly love people, we will desire for them far more than it is within our power to give them. And this will lead us to prayer. 
all of us have parents or brothers or sisters or co-workers or friends who we dearly love. And because we love them, we desire more for them. Isn't that true? I know that's true for me. I'm sure that's true for you. The people around us, we love them and we desire more for them than what we possibly can give them. That's where prayer comes in. We pray for them because we desire for them more than we can possibly give them. You know somebody who's experiencing health issues, health challenges? It's beyond our power. We pray for them. You know somebody who's grappling with a really difficult work situation, maybe a problem with their boss? You come alongside them, you listen to them. You can't affect anything there, but you can pray for them because you long for their work situation to be different than what it is. You know people in difficult relationships? Marital trouble? Problem with their kids? Pray for them. Come alongside them. We come alongside them because we long for them. We love them. And so then we pray for them because we desire more for them than what we can possibly provide. And then the third thing that really strikes me about what happens when we pray for other people is that actually prayer for other people changes us. When we pray for other people, what actually begins to happen is that we open ourselves up to what God is doing in them. And then we open ourselves to what God is also doing in us. The clearest example of this, actually, is um, I was thinking about examples of people in life that are really frustrating. That are really frustrating. So what I'd like for you to do as I go through this is bring to mind someone in your life who is really frustrating for you, who's really annoying, that's really bothersome. Don't say their name out loud, but just hold them in your mind. Okay? And sometimes if we have these people, sometimes this is how your prayer goes. This is how sometimes my prayer goes. It goes like this. God, I really can't stand this person. They are driving me crazy. And then it goes like this. God, would you please make them blank? Would you please make them more understanding? God, would you please make them more gracious? God, would you please make them more generous? God, would you please make them less judgmental because I'm so not judgmental? Would you please make them less judgmental? But then there's this mystery and this wonder that begins to happen. See, I don't think when we pray for other people, God actually lets us complain about them for very long. I mean, God will let us complain about them for a little bit. God lets me complain about people for a little bit. But then after a while, God's spirit begins to kind of seep into those really hard places of my heart and says, really? 
this is how you want to pray for them? And I began to, in God's grace and God's mercy, begin to pray for them more out of a heart of love and compassion. It's a mystery that God does. When we open ourselves up to pray for other people, even the difficult people in our lives, God begins to work into the cracks of our soul to change us. It's really a mystery, but God begins to change us. Now, I know there are a lot of smart people here. There are a lot of really smart people. And you might be carrying this internal dialogue among yourself going, ah, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to pray for X because not only do they frustrate me, I'm right and they're wrong. And I actually am so right and they're so wrong. I don't want God to change me about this. I don't want God to change my mind. So thank you very much for that suggestion to pray for other people. Thank you for telling me that there's a mystery that happens, that God works in our hearts. But I'm right. They're wrong. I'm the victim. They hurt me. I want to remain in control. I don't want to give up this about this other person. And it goes on and on and on. Okay. So if you're a follower of Jesus... Right now is the double black diamond part of the sermon because this is where it gets really difficult. Jesus is going to introduce in his teaching a very costly discipleship about praying for other people, especially the people that we don't like. He does it in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, starting at verse 43. And it's going to come up on the screen and it says this. Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Wow. Pray for those who persecute you. Not just even pray for those who frustrate you. Pray for those who bother you. Pray for those who annoy you. But pray for those who persecute you. Pray for your enemies. Wow. That's a tough word. So that you may be sons of your Father who's in heaven, for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brother, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is costly discipleship. This is costly grace. This is what Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about in his book, costly discipleship. It's not cheap grace. It's costly grace. This is a tough word. Pray for those who frustrate you, who annoy you. Pray for the enemies. When I take a step back and consider this command of Jesus Christ, and I remember the life of Jesus, then I have to say 
that in the life of Jesus, he actually lived this very difficult word out. Remember in the life of Jesus, when Jesus was hanging on the cross and he was surrounded by his enemies and he was surrounded by the people that had persecuted him and that had tortured him and whipped him and insulted him and hung him to die on the cross, Jesus uttered a prayer for all the people around him who were his enemies. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That is a tough word. That is a tough word. When I look at the life of Jesus and I see Jesus praying for other people, certainly he prayed for the ones he loved because he prayed for his disciples. But he also prayed for the ones that were really tough, even his enemies. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So I'm going to end up with this. Again, these are these three key understandings that I want us to take away from praying for other people. First of all, we see this over and over again in the life of Jesus Christ. Filled with power, Jesus also prayed for others. But why did he pray for others? Because of love. And when we pray for others, we desire more for them than what we can possibly give them. And that's why prayer is love. And that's why we can pray for others. And then, when we pray for the people, especially that are difficult to us, this is a grace, a gift, and a mystery that that prayer also can change us and transform our heart to make us more like Jesus Christ. There's a last application that I'm going to leave you with, and that's this. It's the last uh, slide that we have in the deck. Um, What we're doing for this month is what I'm calling the 11th hour prayer. This is what I want to challenge all of us to do at GRX all together. Because every day as a community, we're spread out all over the place. But all of us are someplace at 11 a.m. All of us are someplace, somewhere at 11 a.m. So what I'd like to call us to do as a community is wherever you are, every day, for each of us to stop at 11 o'clock and pray. It can be a short prayer. It can be a long prayer. It's at 11 o'clock when the GRX text reminder comes out. It's 11 o'clock. But let me invite us as a community to all of us at 11 o'clock every day to pause and pray and pray for somebody else. And what that will do is it will create for us a greater sense that we as a church community are praying together in this month of prayer. So the 11th hour prayer, you can pray at 11 a.m. with all of us. You can pray because of the text message. You can pray using one of these prayer apps. I invite us together to pray. And by the way, if you're not on that text prayer thing and you want to be a part of that, shoot me an email this week and we'll add you. Praying for others. Last week, Ali talked about God consciousness, our own prayers. But we pray for others and we create a greater connection with those around us. Let me offer a prayer for us and then we'll take communion together. God, I thank you so much for our church. 
And I thank you, God, for this month of prayer that we can be focusing on you. God, I pray that this week in particular, you would draw to mind people that we can be praying for, people in our hearts and our minds. They might be people that we deeply love, Jesus, like you prayed for your disciples. Or they might be people that are incredibly difficult for us to love. But God, I pray that you would bring people to mind that we can pray for. And God, I pray that our prayers for them would be an expression of love for them. May you live in love through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.